You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk covering all things Oklahoma sports from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and minor league sports Tulsa. Now let's get to your host, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Welcome to another edition of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. I'm Dan Hawk, and I'm joined by my counterpart, the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Resendez. And boy, do we have a lot to get to this week after what happened this past week in college football, especially for our Oklahoma teams that we cover with the Sooners and the Cowboys. Sooners go up to Lawrence, win in a... I don't know what you want to call it, a nail-biter. I don't know if you want to just call it the magician Caleb Williams show. I have no clue. We'll dive into that. And plus, the Cowboys lose their first game of the season on the road in one of the toughest places in college football. That is Ames, Iowa. Johnny, how was this weekend for you? Are you feeling good? or I mean, are you frustrated? Are you pissed off? Where are you standing right now with the Pokes? Let's start off with them first, and then we'll dive into the Sooners. I'm a little bit of everything because, you know, this weekend was a culmination of a lot of things. First, you had these games that absolutely, I mean, you want to talk about nail biters. My fingers are basically nubs at this point. And then you also bring up that there's a huge, uh, there was a huge Oktoberfest here in Tulsa, which kind of made things a little bit more fun at the end of the day. But I digress. Let's get to this OSU game because I was hot you saw me we have our desks right there on the tvs and you saw how distraught i was at what i saw so first i mean was there really any type of surprise for anyone who's kept up with osu football over the years ames iowa undefeated where have you heard that script before dan yeah, I, 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 this goes back to, I want to say 2011, something like that. Right. And, <laughs> look, the whole thing about the refs and everything, having a ticky-tack type of game and everything, and then obviously the last play of the it game. It was pretty bad officiating, but I'm not going to say, I'm, I cannot put all the blame on the refs. Right. I, I, that's just not the way I operate. I'll get to the ref thing in a bit, but first let me get to OSU. They're called Cardiac Cowboys for a reason because they always like to play down to their opponents. They always like to keep the games closed for some inexplicable reason. You can't have, you can't do that consistently and expect to still win games. Sometime or some some week, you're going to have a cardiac arrest. You're going to lose a game that's going to be close because of one or two bad plays that you do. And this was the game where it happened. It just so happened to be Ames, Iowa, one of the hardest places to play. And, man, man, was it frustrating. Because you at one end, you had Spencer Sanders, who, who he had a good game. Spencer Sanders had a legit good game. But Jalen Warren didn't have the best game. He didn't have that many carries. I think he had, like the past few weeks he's had over 30 carries and now he's at a little i think this game was i want to say 22 but you play with fire you're gonna get burnt and that's exactly what happened with osu kept the game way too close and then some of the some of the times that gundy decided to kick i mean that one time in the third quarter where it was fourth and one at iowa state's 15 like you still have time. You need a goal for that, especially in Ames, Iowa. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with the lesser carries on Warren because, look, we still have a lot of college football season to get to, and you can't expect him to be carrying the rock the entire time. I mean, there's got to be some other players to step up. I mean, out on the edge, it was good to see Braylon Presley finally get in on some offensive action. I mean, 84 yards for six catches with two touchdowns. I mean, That's stuff that we needed to see. I don't know why it's taken this long in the season to see that. Now, I'm not forcing all the blame on Presley. 
that's got to be coming on uh, on Casey Dunn as the offensive coordinator. Why are we not giving the ball to Braylon Presley more? Or excuse me, Brennan Presley. Braylon's obviously going to be up there next year, but why? Like, he should have been catching balls all season long. To not have him catch touchdown passes is just a travesty. Because did you see that catch that he made into the end zone? No one makes catches like that. That's usually a game-changing catch right there. But for some reason, and, you know, this has been going on for most of the season. I mean, through seven games right now, Oklahoma State has scored three points in the third quarter. Three. Uh, I mean, can you really, like, have as good of a productive of a season? Forget about a game. A season, if you score three points in the third quarter, you can't. And I, I remember hearing uh, Gundy's press conference. He like, w- he was also up in arms. We need to find a way. Uh, it's just one of those things where you don't really have an answer. People always like to, people always like to bash on Spencer for the offensive struggles. He had a good game today. Uh, uh, excuse me, Saturday. He was 15 for 24, 225 yards. Three TDs, no picks, no picks. Yeah, that's the that's the big one that you need to circle, highlight it, whatever you want to call it. Zero picks in Ames, Iowa. You know, you've been here a lot longer than me, so you you know how tough the Big Twelve is. But to have no picks in Ames, Iowa, that's impressive, right there. Right, and uh, I mean, we want to talk about a little bit. I mean, if we want to talk about the future right now. OSU's got some work to do because had they won this game, I mean, you could have almost taken your money and just bet the house on an OSU-OU Big 12 championship And that's game. that's the caveat that makes this so frustrating is the fact that we are not going to have an undefeated Bedlam as it stands right now. We're not going to have an undefeated Bedlam. However, Oklahoma still has to play Baylor, and they just have to play this team that the Cowboys just lost to, Iowa State. I don't see those as possible wins. This Oklahoma team has got to be the most overrated or I don't even know if that's the right word. Like, they're getting it done, but are they that impressive this season? Like, this is a year I look at it as as a Cowboy, someone that covers the Cowboys, that the Cowboys could have the opportunity to upset the Sooners this year. Right. The game's in the game's in Stillwater. Oklahoma's heading off to the SEC. This is the year for the Cowboys to knock off the Sooners. Right, but if you're an OSU fan, you're still biting your nails because at this point it's a four-horse race right now between OU, OSU, Baylor, and Iowa State. Now, you take out OU from there, both OSU, Iowa State, and Baylor could lose another game sometime down the stretch. You obviously said Iowa State and Baylor. Um, they could lose to OU whenever they go up against them. OSU, I mean, you got, what, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, and then uh, Oklahoma. Um, and then, oh, you also have Kansas this next week. Hey, they're tough. They're tough. I mean, hey, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But if OSU loses another game, let's say that, let's say, let's take out Bedlam for a little bit. If they lose another game between Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, and Tech, it could possibly be over because at that point you're relying on Iowa State Baylor to also be upset by other teams. It's it's one of those things where you're just nail-biting. You're nail-biting at this point on whether or not we could even make the Big 12 championship game. It's a murky, murky situation because if OU and Texas went out, let's put back Texas in the mix. If OU and Texas went out and OSU only – the only other loss they have is against OU and Bedlam, uh, they would uh, go have like a head-to-head with Texas. It would be a head-to-head for the Big 12 championship game. It's so gonna, it's going to be a really murky situation right now if they end up 
losing another game or if teams get up from the other other teams from the Big 12 get hot at this point in the season. It, it could be really bad for OSU. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I really think, though, that Oklahoma State should be fine. They just need to literally put this loss behind him. It's done. Your undefeated season, it's over. Just put it away and let's move on to the next game because that's the only way that you're going to get to have a historic matchup with Oklahoma in Bedlam is if you just put this game away. The only thing that I thought about that kind of made me think, though, Mike Gundy got his new contract, and good for him. He's done a phenomenal job. Do you think putting it out in the middle of the season is the right time? I know some people will say that it doesn't matter. I think it does matter. I don't think you do that at the end of the season. I don't need to be seeing that in the middle of the season. What's your thoughts? Well, before I do that, just to clarify, when I said head-to-head with Texas, I mean OSU would advance to the Big Correct. 12 championship no, I... game over Texas because they have that tiebreaker. Correct. But anyways, having Mike, I mean, that's as an OSU fan, that's not really surprising because it's happened before. Um, you know, it, it, I feel like Gundy, at one point last year, you thought that Gundy lost the locker room because of everything that was going on politically speaking and everything like that. The OAN it feels shirt like, it feels and his like issues nowadays, with Chuba. Things have kind of like mellowed out and everything and that this is once again my Gundy's team. So I don't really think it's that big of an issue. I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on it, but oh, Mike Gundy has been the face of OSU for a long time now. And he, the, I mean, rightfully so. He's the one who brought OSU into contention uh, for the past decade and a half. Um, but, you know, it, it, there was like there's like a lot of weird language to this contract that uh, like perpetual. What does that even mean? What exactly does that mean? I I, I don't I I don't know because I'm not a history or an English major. But you know when I when I look at Gundy, he's done phenomenal things for Oklahoma State. Okay, he's probably the best coach that the Cowboys um, could have or could get right now. Because let's be honest, you went to Stillwater. If you're a individual that's in the coaching market looking for a head coaching job, you would you rather live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now? Or L.A. Or Pullman, Washington, which I understand there's not much difference between Pullman and Stillwater because they're both just small college towns. But, yeah, this move to put him on a longer contract is they didn't want to deal with any flirting of him going anywhere else. You you have been a student of OSU where I went to a different school. You know that time when Texas was open for a job and they were flirting with wanting to bring Mike Gundy to Austin to become the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. It wasn't just Texas. It was Tennessee. In I fact, get the that. Tennessee job was the closest, and then he was flirting with the Baylor job a few years before I that. just look at things like this. Just do it at the end of the season. It doesn't need to happen right now. If you're already going to offer him a contract midseason, what's the difference between the end of the season? You're still going to offer him, aren't you? I mean, are you going to change your opinion now, like six games from now, if they lose the rest of their schedule? Are you not going to offer him a contract now? You're still going to do it, so just do it at the end of the season. Yeah, the timing of this is obviously really weird, but, you know, I don't really... uh, I don't think it affects the players. I just... We don't need... In this day and age with distractions, as they like to say it, Gundy is a a hater of Twitter. You know this. Don't put any type of uh, stuff out there. Does he deserve the contract? 100%. 
with what he's been able to do this season, he deserves a contract. But I'm going to take it a step further. Who really deserves a contract? Mike Gundy or Jim Knowles? Jim, Jim Knowles, Knowles has made your defense. Paid. He deserves to get paid. If you don't, if you don't offer Jim Knowles the money, Jim's gone. And your defense, like I like Casey Dunn. He's he played football in the state of Idaho, not for my school, but he played for the Idaho Vandals. He seems like a great guy, but come on, let's be honest. The offense has not been electric all season. There's been glimpses of hope here and there, but like, have you ever watched a Cowboy game where you're like, man, Spencer's going to light it up today. He's going to get four touchdowns. No. Jim Knowles needs to get paid. Yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, you want to talk about um, imposter syndrome. I mean, OSU, for some reason, this whole week, I was like, we are not number eight. Something about this. We, I don't know if OSU, we have a top 10 defense for sure. I am convinced this is a top 10. But where are we at on the offense? On the offensive side and other parts of the uh, team, too. Like, as an overall team, I wouldn't say we're top 10. I'd say I think we dropped back down to, what, 15 uh, in the AP poll rankings. Uh, check up on that. But we're definitely, like, a lot lower. Not in the top 10 anymore. Um, that probably is a much more appropriate ranking for OSU at this point in the season. Um, but back to Mike Gundy. I mean, Oklahoma State fell to number 15 in the nation. 15, okay. Back to Mike Gundy, though. I mean, I, I could see why this could be a distraction because, you know, a perpetual head coaching, like, extension and everything like that. Oh, you're going to, you know, look to the future, whatever. I can understand you saying, hey, let's just focus on the season. But it's happened before. It's nothing new. You know, the, anyone who always says, oh, we need to f- take my, Mike Gundy out, we need to fire him, we, the rational fans out there always ask the same question. Who are we going to get? Who's out there? Who Les we Miles is available right now. Uh, Les Miles got some serious baggage <laughs> Ed right Ogeron now. is available. Nick Ed, Rolovich is available. Ed Ogeron needs to find out what he needs to do in life because he's been out and about. He's been out Nick and about. Nick Rolovich is available. He just won't take a vaccine, you know. I'm just saying the head coaching search for uh, Stillwater could be murky if Mike Gunny were to leave. There's a little bit of stability there. Should he stay and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, he's put him on the map, and I, I have nothing against Gundy. Nothing. I think he's doing a phenomenal job up in Stillwater. I just don't do contracts during the season. Right. Now, switching on to the other side of things, the Sooners barely beat Kansas. Kansas? Come on, guys. You're supposed to be in the discussion for the, the college football championship discussion with the four teams. You had a Heisman hopeful to start the season with Spencer Rattler. Now you have a freshman taking the reins. I have nothing against that decision. Obviously, Williams has been phenomenal. Rattler would look good in a Golden Hurricane jersey. I, I'm just saying. He would look phenomenal. You instigator. At 11th at Harvard. But what are you doing? Kansas? It got so bad that the Kansas administration said, hey, just show up. You don't need a ticket. They showed up. Just show up open and watch it. Let's just do it. open the gates and watch a college football. I mean, they should have been doing that years ago. But, like, what are you doing to even put yourself in that position against Kansas? I don't know where you guys are at because you guys seem lost out there. You are definitely not a team right now, in my opinion, that should be in the discussion at 8-0 and You've, you've barely snuck by some teams this year. Tulane, even Nebraska was close. 
Are you as worried as I am? Here's I I am worried, but here's the thing: where like you question, I felt like what you just said. You kind of question their um their abilities, their talent, and everything. I look at it differently. I think this is one of the most talent-wise, one of the most talented OU teams we've seen. But time and time again, you saw Tulane, you saw in this game, it seemed like they played absolutely down to their competition, that they showed up to an arena automatically thinking that they were going to win. And history shows in college football, if you do that too many times, you're going to get bit. And OU almost got bit. I mean, in the first drive, the first drive, I think it was like what they ran. Kansas ran like fourteen plays. Devin Neal went in, in um, just ran in there for a touchdown. Um, you had the feeling that, and like you saw, if you just saw the game, you could saw you could see in the screen the OU players were much, much more talented than the players from Kansas. You could just see on the TV that they were. But in terms of just like effort, in terms of just boneheaded plays, undisciplined football, bad tackling, uh, that's to me seems more of an effort issue than anything. But to me, that that goes down to college football, how this season's going. I mean, I've got the top 25 here. Wake Forest is ranked 13th. When have you ever thought the Deacons would be a top 25 team? Kentucky is 12th in the nation right now. Old Miss. Goofy Lane Kiffin is in the top 10. Right, but you could also argue that those teams are kind of an accumulation of, like, players who decided to stay there a little bit longer, uh, of especially course. because of COVID last year. They but, had an extra year But Oklahoma year better figure it out, man. Like, if you want to be just playing in this playoff thing, if you're barely going to beat Kansas, because that's not going to impress the voters. That's not going to impress the committee at all. Mm, and nope. I know you're smiling over there because you're a Cowboy fan at heart. But they better figure things out quickly because Caleb Williams, he's Mr. Superman now. How deep is he going to be able to keep the Superman role going, Johnny? You know, you think I'm a homer, but actually I'm a big fan of Caleb Williams. He seems like, I mean, just the poise that he's had with just like what now, three starts? Not not even two starts. And uh, the Red River rivalry game, obviously, he's been absolutely amazing. And like, you know, he was a- as advertised coming out as a five-star recruit and everything. Um, you know, he's been really good. And that's a good point that um, that's a good end on what happened um, in this Kansas game. Caleb Williams, I mean, he showed resiliency. And for someone who's just, you know, they threw him out there. It was his second start uh, against Kansas. I mean, he, I mean, in the second half, he showed some backbone. He absolutely, I mean, nothing is, I, I, you can't say in football that someone single-handedly uh, led a team to a victory, but but he's it was starting pretty close to. with it's Caleb Williams close. in this one. Wait, it's wait. just that when you say single-handedly carried someone to a victory, it should not be against Kansas. No, it should not be. It, it, looking at that, when you first saw that, I thought that ruling was so off-based. I'm still questioning it if they got that call right with Williams. What do you think? What the 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 QB? Yes, the lateral. Yeah, no, not the. I'm talking about the final call where. He oh took no, that it. was legal. That's actually having an extremely smart football it just, IQ it just right see, there. It just seems like I'm watching Pee Wee football here, man. Like no, that's, that's a rugby boot. That's I, rugby. That is straight up rugby, and it worked. He made. He found the okay, loophole so and everything. All right, so with calls, then let's go real quick back to OSU. Did Presley get? Absolutely, f- absolutely. 
Absolutely. Are you saying that as a fan and as an alumnus of OSU, or do you believe he really got no, it? No, the, the thing about college, the refs obviously screwed it up, but the thing about it is that, you know, and and it doesn't matter. A, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. I'm yeah. not saying that 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 was the game there right was, there. I mean, there was uh, the little what's the saying in college football? Indisputable evidence. There was just such a pile and everything uh, that you couldn't really clearly see enough to where you're like, okay, that's indisputably different. But if you even have you know the slightest bit of 2020 vision, which <laughs> I have been blessed to have. You could so see he that says. he was on top of the offensive lineman. And you could see he was clearly over the line. It, it, that 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 was a first down. That was a first down. Yeah, but it, I will say this: it wouldn't that have changed was the not outcome. A robbery. That and, was not a robbery. No, because I, we deserve to lose that game. Yeah, it wouldn't have changed the outcome on how that would have played out. I, I I do think the refs did get it wrong, but I also think don't put yourself. What have we said before? Don't put yourself where the refs have to make the decision. You know. Right. Yeah, back to OU, though. I mean, this this defense is what's concerning. I'm confident that, especially with Caleb Williams now, offense is going to be fine. They've been fine. Even with Spencer Rattler, they've been, you know, they've been pretty good. But with the defense, I mean, this was supposed to be kind of like, for like a, contenders in the Big 12, Kansas is supposed to be one of those games where like, okay, let, we've, we're going to figure our stuff out. We're going to see what's wrong. We're going to see what we're good at. So that way, you know, the the Kansas, and no disrespect to Kansas, but I'm pretty sure most of the fan base is going to agree with me on this. They're like, they're already ready for basketball. They're already ready for basketball. That one saying that I saw on Twitter, I forgot who said it. They're like, like some kid asked their mom in a tailgate, why do we suck at football? And they're like, you can't dribble a football. That's so, that's good. That's good. That's good. But you but know, with back, that, back I gotta to, add something to that, Johnny. Yeah. It's an embarrassment that Kansas is so bad at football. You are 30, 40 minutes roughly away from Kansas City, which is a metropolitan a TV market size is top twenty-five in the nation, top or top thirty, excuse me. How do you suck so bad at football? When you put your eggs in one basket and one team. I I understand that, but change it up, man. Your facilities don't even look that bad, to be honest with you. Football, football, uh, basketball is historicness. You're playing in an actual field house. It's not a gym or, you know, it's not an arena like Gallagher-Iba. But why? You have such an easy opportunity with recruiting. Hell, I'd be taking kids to go to Chiefs games and go watch Patrick Mahomes to get them to come play football for Kansas. There's no reason why Kansas is so bad. Their academics are phenomenal, too. Why? You're telling me that it's easier to recruit in Ames, Iowa than Lawrence, Kansas? Give me a break. I digress. Take it away. You know what Dan just said? Give him a job. No, I'm playing. Um, but back to the defense uh, for OU, that's probably the most it's the most concerning because, like I said, Kansas was supposed to be the game where we could, you know, obviously play hard, but we will know where we're at in terms of, like, you know, how good we could really be. But, man, I mean, you talk about the past few games against uh, uh, the Big 12 for OU. I mean, against Kansas State, uh, Skyler Thompson dropped 320 yards. In the Red River rivalry, Casey Thompson dropped 338. Max Duggan for TCU dropped 346. I mean, we're not talking about uh, 
we're not talking about little Heisman yardage. quarterbacks. We're not talking about Heisman contending And you're also not talking here. about little yardage either. You're talking about mammoth yards, yardage that the Sooners are giving up. Right. And when you put yourself into those type of holes, then you're. it's going to be like – it's going to trickle down to even the offense because it, it's going to be really, really hard for them to be on the field. I mean, time of possession was – really lopsided in the first half. Kansas had the ball for most of the first half. So OU's got a lot of flaws. They got a, a lot of stuff they need to figure out because when we talk about the upper echelon of college football right now, I mean, Georgia looks like it's gonna they're going to run away with it. Alabama has its own problems, you know, but they're still Alabama. Cincinnati, I mean, you think about a team that just plays gritty, that a team that just wants to be there, a team that gives it their all every single second of every single play. I mean, if I was OU, right now they're number uh, four. If I was OU and we jump up to number three and Cincinnati ends up being number two or we switch it, OU becomes number two, Cincinnati becomes number three, I would be terrified if I was an OU fan because that Cincinnati team wants to rip your heart out and they want to play as hard as they can against anybody. They are not scared of anybody but this OU team like I said they're extremely talented I'm not questioning you know their work ethic and everything but I feel like they they're they're a little full of themselves and it shows on the field I so I'm looking at these rankings here when this comes to college football you want to know how far the Pac-12 has fallen just take a guess how many teams they got in the top 25 uh is it just Oregon? Just Oregon. The SEC, count them. Georgia, Bama, Old Miss, Kentucky, Texas A&M, Auburn, six teams in the top 25. The Big 12, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, and if you wanted to count Brigham Young because they are BYU is going to be and Cincinnati, look how insane college football this is this year. And I didn't even throw the Big Ten in there. I would say the Big Ten is a better football conference than the SEC. Overall, I would agree, too. I would say that the Big Ten, if you were to put Big Ten teams against uh, SEC head-to-head. Well, let me add them up real quick. We go to Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn. Uh, is Penn State P- still? Uh, Pittsburgh. No, they're ACC. Excuse me. Penn State is. They should be in here. Um, I do not see Penn State. Penn State unranked. I think. Let me. Yeah. Oh no, Penn State's twentieth. Twentieth. But no, overall, I would say the Big Ten is the best co- college conference for football this season. Now, basketball is going to be here before we know it. There's no way anybody can argue that the Big 12 is not the best basketball conference. This season, it's the Big 12. I would say that for sure. But um, back to football. I mean, like you said, this has been just a weird season so far. Beyond weird, yeah. Beyond weird. And, uh, you know, you you always like to hear the, the term undefeated and everything like that. But we all know that in college football, sometimes that could be a really saturated type of feel a type of number that that record doesn't really reflect how good the team is. And with OU right now, 
I mean, there's just one thing after another and after another where you're just head-scratching with this team. It's like, are they really good? Are they really number four? Are they really number three? Well, I mean, we're going to have to – they got two teams that are – okay, let's sum it up with this. If Baylor keeps winning – and right now Baylor is six and one. They're only lost to the Cowboys. Oh, Baylor wins out. But but I'm what I'm getting here is if Baylor wins, or excuse me, if Baylor keeps winning and Iowa State keep winning, and Oklahoma has to play both of those teams. If they beat both of those teams, because right now Iowa State, along with Baylor, are in the top twenty-five, then I will change my argument that Oklahoma's for real. We have a lot of college football left in the season, but as it stands right now, the if the final four had to be picked, I am not putting Oklahoma in there. I'm putting Georgia. I'm putting Cincinnati. I'm putting Alabama. And I'm probably putting someone from the Big Ten, Ohio State or Michigan. Probably Michigan because Michigan is still undefeated where Ohio State has their loss to Oregon. That's my four. I am not p- putting Oklahoma in there. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. It seems like right now you could also like think of just think about the the just the clear eye test right now. There's a lot of teams in the Big 10 who's showed some real promise. You got Michigan, obviously Michigan State. That big matchup this next week is going to be huge, huge implications. Ohio State obviously like after um losing to Oregon the very first week has kind of revitalized themselves. They've been playing really good offensively. I mean, really really good offensive football in Ohio State. I would take those teams any day over OU. And like you said, um, it was Cincinnati. Like I said, I mean, I would be terrified if I was an OU fan if you had to go up against Cincinnati. Well, and they- Alabama is also going to be really interesting because should they go to the SEC championship game and win against Georgia, you got to put both of those teams in. If Alabama obviously loses, then I'm pretty sure they're out because two lost teams just don't make the playoff. And then here's the other thing. You realize that Oklahoma still not at their bye week. They get to play Tech, and I understand it's back in Norman, but Tech has changed the way they've been playing. I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was like, Tech is awful. They're not as bad as they once were. They're 5-3 and three on the year. And you know they're going to be way better than those mighty Kansas Jayhawks. I'm not saying that they're going to lose to Tech, but that's not going to be just a cupcake, let's show up and play. And guess what? It's another afternoon game. It's at 2.30. Then they get to go to Baylor. If Baylor keeps winning, they've only got one loss. So the, all the, I understand as the Cowboy fan, you're frustrated, you're pissed off, you're annoyed that you've lost to Iowa State. But if you had to pick between having the OU schedule or having the Cowboy schedule, I would gladly take Oklahoma State schedule right I now. would too. No, yeah, OU is about to be in a gauntlet um, down the stretch right now. But, you know, you always also think, of, I mean, I think it was that. Remember, they go to Stillwater, and they have to go to Baylor. I mean, who does Baylor have this week? Let me pull it up here. Because if Baylor, Baylor is, no, they're, oh, it, this works out even worse for Oklahoma. Baylor is on their bye week. If I've got this correct. Nope, they play Texas. They ha- they host Texas at home. Then then they play. Um, See, that's the funny part about this whole thing. If you're OSU and you're an OU fan, you're rooting for Texas to just dismantle ba- the rest got of the conference. Two, ba- Baylor's got two games before they head to Norman. They've got Texas. Then they play TCU, where Oklahoma's coming off of their bye. 
I it just it's just that's frustrating if you're an OU fan, knowing where your team is at right now, and you've got two big games left on this game. Well, three, because you still got to go to Stillwater to play OSU. So right now, if I was a betting man, I'm putting all my chips in on OSU, even though they have the one loss. We, we got to wrap it up on this note for the college football side before we do some NFL talk. The biggest thing that I'm frustrated about all this is, is I really wanted an undefeated versus undefeated Bedlam matchup. I, I know everybody wanted it this year. Uh, you wanted, to, I mean, everyone. I would have absolutely loved an undefeated Bedlam matchup. Um, it would have been probably the biggest Bedlam that we've seen in a while. And there's been some pretty big ones. Uh, but I don't think, I don't remember the last time that there was a Bedlam matchup where both teams were in the top 10. It's happened before. I just can't remember the year off the top of my head. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, you know, it would have been fun to see it, the spectacle, obviously, um, of having two undefeated Oklahoma teams. But at the same time, you know, the very that very next game, you're going to be going up against each other in the Big 12 championship game. So that kind of dilutes it in a little bit. If it was for all the marbles, absolutely, let's do it. Um, but, you know what, it's just one of those things where – you you really wish it would happen, but given everything, um, I'm not surprised. Not it's surprised. not happened. Yeah, yeah, disappointed, but not surprised. Toxic relationship all the time. Being an OSU, even an OU fan, I'm sorry for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, switching gears. We are what is it? Week eight, heading into week eight after our Monday night game with the Saints and the Seahawks tonight on Monday Night Football. So we're halfway nearly with the NFL season. Uh. I don't see the Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl this year uh, as it stands right now. I see my Raiders, baby, five and two. No, seriously, uh, who is your picks, Johnny, for the Super Bowl right now? Um, well, uh, if anyone knows me, they're going to automatically think I'm yeah, going to pick the Dallas up, Cowboys. Shut up, but shut up. here's the thing. I'm going to revert to what I just said. Being a Dallas Cowboys fan is exactly like being in a toxic relationship. You they 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 hype you up. They're gonna like try to say, "Oh, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do this. We could work this out. It's gonna be okay, and everything like that." And then, bam! When you really think that you, they change, when you really think that it's gonna be different, they're gonna mess it up somehow, some way. And I'm just waiting on it. I'm just waiting on it. Okay, you can't blame me for thinking that. I have absolutely zero statistical evidence that the Cowboys are going to screw it up because right now they're a really good team. Offensively, they're uh, as complete of a okay, team as ever. Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold it down. Hold on. Injuries, injuries, uh, you know, there's still some injuries. Marcus Lawrence, obviously, on the defensive side. You had Michael Gallup on the offensive side. You add those two in to the, the rotation, they're going to be even better after that. But for some reason, I still just don't think – the errors, I mean, the Cardinals right now just look amazing. Yeah. They look absolutely amazing Here, with Kyler. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're making solid points. You can't bet against Tom Brady. Like, you just cannot bet I was gonna against. Get, I was going to get to the Bucks because who's that one loss in the Cowboys record? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, They're still a little banged up in the secondary and everything. But, but when you have Tom Brady, you cannot bet on no, him. No, I think he's playing as good. You could argue he's playing as good of football, football that he as ever, he's has, ever yeah. had at 44 years old. I, it's Tom Brady on that side of the I, I, NFC. I, I, the AFC, man, it's a crapshoot because I would have picked the Chiefs no brainer at the beginning of the season. But looking at them now, I mean, their defense is awful. Beyond awful. For no reason, it's awful. 
I, 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 I'm going to go out on a wild pick here. There's two teams in the AFC that have my circle of approval, even though they, they're, they are coming off a loss. Yes. Buffalo Bills okay. and the Ravens. Ravens. The thing about the Those Ravens, are my two. after watching the game yesterday against the Bengals, I'm not so hot on the Ravens. And I mean, and you that's know, fair, every fair. NFL team, every NFL team gets, you know, hit in the jaw uh, once in the season. It's completely normal. I mean, it happened to the Chargers. The Chargers, though, I think are a really, really good team. So Justin Herbert, I mean, in year two, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't really see this uh, coming from Justin Herbert at all. And he's just, you know, led... So I, I, got, to, I got two. Who, who, you got two as well then? So for the for the AFC? Yeah. I got the Bills and the Chargers. The The Bengals okay. are a good team. But you don't I have still the Ravens? Feel, no I still Ravens? feel like they're um, – you know, the Ravens are kind of one of those teams where, like, what, show me what you could do once the playoffs happen. That's fair. That's I, fair. Obviously, they're a really good team. Lamar Jackson has been, you know – I mean, he's seemed unstoppable at times. But, you know, you go back to the first game against the Raiders. You know, they obviously couldn't come up with a win there. And, um, you know, like I said, you could get smacked in the face if, uh, one time, you know, in the NFL. But that, I mean, at home, Ravens don't lose at home. At least not like that. To the Bengals, I wouldn't say that, you know. Joe Burrows is a special cat, though, man. No, He's Joe been- Burrow is definitely one of those up-and-comers where I'm just like, wow, that is Wow, he the Bengals definitely made the right pick there. Um, I mean, it's one of those franchise changing players, is Joe Burrow. Um, but you know, I, I still feel like the Bengals are a little bit in, too inexperienced. Um, the receiving core is absolutely insane, though. Um, but I, I'm just not completely sold on the Bengals. Uh, the Chargers, though, I mean, th- they're they're as legit of a team as I think they are. Um, and the Bills, I mean, the Bills right now, when they're hot, they're the best team in the NFL. When they're cold, you they're know, very cold. They're, they're, they're the same old Bills, if you know what I mean. Well, um, but in terms of, like, the Super Bowl picks, you know, I got the Bills and the Chargers in the AFC Championship game. Um, I'm, I'm with you with the Chiefs. For some reason, I, they're just like the hangover is real. I mean, throbbing How about headache. my Raiders, baby? Raiders, uh, I mean, with everything that's been going on. Top with John of the division, Gruden, baby. With everything that's been going Gruden's on with, in the back door, with John baby. and everything like that. And Just listen, win, baby. This is not that type of Raiders. This is not <laughs> those Raiders. Um, it's good for them to be atop the division, though. No, you're right. It's, it, it's good to see different teams being atop the division because obviously the Chiefs have owned that division, but they better figure it out because a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes is probably not going to stay there if he if things aren't going his way. Right, and I mean, like you know, they've they've been pretty good even without John Gruden. The Raiders have uh, these past few weeks. Derek Carr. How um, insane would it be? I I don't see it happening. But how insane would it be if the Raiders won the Super Bowl with John Gruden's team without John Gruden? That'd be hilarious. No, that'd be absolutely hilarious. Um, especially with everything that you know they showed with the emails and everything. And and Johnny and I are not supporting what Gruden did or anything. I would just want to make that clear to anybody that's listening in on this. No, yeah, but it would still be hilarious. I mean, they threw like what, 10 million dollars at Gruden. <laughs> you know, he he came out being a a pretty bad dude to say the absolute least. I think there's going to be more more people under fire with all this. Right. I don't think it's just going to be John Gruden. And yet they're winning games still. They're winning games still. That, that whether that's a reflection on how the teams run, I don't know. But um, 
you know, I think uh, the Raiders is, I mean, their defense, I think, is uh, pretty good. Um, and Derek Carr, I mean, I've always liked Derek Carr. I feel like sometimes he's been on really bad circumstances with the Raiders, but they're pretty good. And then you think about, you know, other teams kind of on the outside. The Browns, I mean, they've just been banged up the whole time. Um, and the, the NFC right now looks like it's going to be a dog fight. I mean, a dog fight. You got the Bucks, Cowboys, um, Cardinals, obviously. Now, we're, no, not a lot of people are really talking about the Rams anymore, but Matthew Stafford has absolutely made that team. I mean, just which is good for him. Going all cylinders. Cooper Cup is playing fantastic football right now, and that defense. I mean, when you have Aaron Donald there, it's gonna be scary just with that one guy there. Um, so the, the NFC is gonna be a really, really tough playoff. With the AFC though, um, you know, I, I still think the Chargers are a, a team to bet on. I think the Bills, whenever they're healthy, whenever they're firing in all cylinders, is the best team in football. Um, the Ravens, if they could, you know, piece everything together, if they could play much more consistent like they have been of, between the first few weeks of that loss to the Raiders to now, before the loss to the Bengals, they could be as dangerous as ever. Um, it's going to be a fun season because we you see all these teams. With it's like, going fast. I don't know about you, but it, it's insane that we're already heading into week It has eight. been going fast. And you see all these teams with, like, these flashy records and everything once they go head-to-head. It's going to be fun to see. Can you um, can you believe that next week, next week we already begin – or two weeks, roughly two weeks, excuse me, college basketball is here. It's going to be insane. This is going to be an insane college basketball season. It's Especially be with fun. fans coming back full capacity. Man. It's going to be fun. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Johnny, any final words? Hopefully this next weekend is going to be treating me better, but I'm going to just expect the worst, but hope for the best. Well, that does it for Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter and check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Any podcast site has our podcast out there. It's Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.